Okay, so our listeners are so sharp. I chuckled when I saw this one. Uh, somebody asked me, this was a side comment from your comment, which didn't have much to do with the shear, but Baruch Hashem, they listen so well, nothing is missed. I had a comment about the bagels. <laughs> so I just was the halacha. It wasn't that nageya whether it's a Jewish food or not, because even if it's a geisha food, one of the big coolers we had on Fukasayim was they can have sushi, pizza, these things are very un-Jewish. It doesn't make a difference. If it tastes good, we're eating it because it tastes good. The same reason they eat it because it tastes good. So it's mutter. People, I got pushed back on that kula. They said, no, it's very ethnic and it shouldn't be mutter. And what do we have, shaykh? So the rice, the rice is healthy. Well, you told me it's soaked in sugar, so it's not healthy. But your brother, I think, I think he told me that. But it tastes good, so we're eating it. So it doesn't make a difference if it's Jewish or not. It happens to be that there are sources historically that the Jews invented it, but it's far from perfect. Not that it makes a difference. The bagels, the Bialis may be more, but Bialisak, there were some guy who lived in Bialisak also, not just Jews. But even on the it is, it's not really important. I'm just surprised he started saying the salami and the pastrami. That certainly is, had German uh, uh, strings to it. And the lox and the cream cheese became Jewish in America, just for the record. There's no history of the Misera. That's for sure. They weren't eating lox with their bagels. They couldn't afford it. <laughs> they were eating, they were eating, I don't know what they were eating with the bagels, but it wasn't lox. Yeah, there wasn't salmon. Lapola was landlocked. It wasn't, they had herring. It's interesting, we have a lot of Jewish foods. This is Nogay. On Shabbos, we have one minute. We chont to be Yitzchamen. Chont is a poor man's food. Just, just know the, everything we have, we've made it, the godless of the Jewish Messiah is that we take every problem and make it into a solution and we're proud of it. And that's Gavaldi, and that's why we're still here and smiling. But we took the, uh, the Gezerah to wear some sort of uh, squirrel's tail, we made it into a strimal, and we took everything they wanted to use to make fun of us, we turned it around. So this, they weren't make fun of us here, it was a question of poverty. Potato kugel is a classic poor man's food. It's potatoes, potatoes, and potatoes, and a lot of oil. Uh, chont is beans and barley. If you can afford it, you put a bone or two. Now, Baruch Hashem, we put high-quality meat. But that's our recent phenomenon in America. But the chamin is a Jewish food. The bagels, even though my cursory research, some were tining that there was a against the Jews, that there probably was such a historically, that the Polish government didn't let them, and the church didn't let them bake bread because they were afraid they would poison it, and Jews shouldn't be eating bread because they shouldn't have bread because they don't deserve bread. That, I believe, there was such a gazera. And then the first thing they mattered was bread, but only if you boil it first, I guess, to get out the poison, and that was the bagel. Sounds like somebody made that up. Sounds like a fascinating theory, but it's irrelevant. If there's no halachic import to the bagels, and certainly not the bagels, lox, and cream cheese, if you enjoy it, it's not chukosayim, and therefore, if we made it up, wonderful, but we didn't. It's, it's irrelevant. The chont, the chamen, is an inyan. I will say that there are a couple of times around my Shabbos table over the years, there were a couple of people who didn't like chont. And there were comments flying around that it's a chiv, you have to eat chont, you can't just have kolkots, and, and we have to check the yichus. Oh, somebody said that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it wasn't me, it wasn't eating the chont. It's pretty traditional to eat chont and to eat chamen. The problem then was, we didn't eat chamen, there was a chashi with tzaduki or karoi, because they held Today, I'm not looking to change the minute, you should have your chont and eat it too. But I think if some, somebody doesn't have chamen, we might accuse them of a lot of things, but being a stuki is not one of them. So if he happens to, it's like it's a fleshika chont, and he happens to be a person who doesn't like anything with meat in it, you won't go there. 
in terms of the philosophy. Uh, I don't think you can accuse him of being hot because saying he's over on something, although it's pretty traditional to have something hot. We try to be Makayim that. But I'm just saying to attach, I was pushing back into your comedy, whether historically it was a Jewish food or not, it seems to be debatable, but even if it was, it's not a Jewish food in terms of any, any halachic or ashkafic uh, import, certainly not the lox and cream cheese part. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be chomp. There are people who don't like chomp, believe it or not. It's not all time for and it's like, hey, there are people who just don't enjoy it. And if they go a whole suda, I, we discussed this one yantiv, I'm sure, but I was once in somebody's house in Manhattan. I had to be there for Shabbos. I was visiting somebody in Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Sloan Kedron. I had to be there for Shabbos many, many years ago. The person I was staying by happened to be Baruch Hashem, phenomenally wealthy, a big ball stuck on. He... It was a late spring Shabbos, and he made late Shabbos. And I remember we sat down to eat around 10 o'clock, and he served some fancy fish I never heard of, kosher, obviously, for the entree. And then he served some fancier fish for the main. I remember I was with my father uh, many years ago. I was a bacha then, and um, I saw like signal to my father, like, uh, it looks like this is the main. Where's the chicken? Where's the beef? Where? I wasn't complaining. Just in Shabbos, I never saw some new fish on Shabbos. So he signaled me back to... Uh, you know, remain quiet, he'll talk to me afterwards. And um, I did that, and he said, uh, I just want to let you know, that piece of fish you had for the main was more expensive than five steaks. I couldn't even pronounce the name. It was kosher, obviously, and um, that was his only Shabbos. And he even said during the Suda, by the way, I, we don't have, I can't have it this time of night. Uh, it was um, older than me, and I took his word for it. And the question is, it's more traditional to have chicken or meat. It wasn't very traditional, but it was kosher food. So you can't throw the book at a guy. You can't even throw the book at somebody. On Yantif, technically, even though many of you are trying to and that is the mini Yisrael, the guy really doesn't like it until the base of meat is built, and he has to have real basar carbonas, and then there's no getting out of it. You can't be a vegetarian at the time for the base of meat and philosophically there's no Indian Chiyiv to be one now but if you do it based on preference or health or whatever it is then we can't really say you're wrong certainly on Shabbos and maybe not even on Yantiv but it's traditional to have it so there these foods do take on some Hashkafik or Allahic import but is this and that in a Chiyiv so just wanted to mention that about the, uh, the bagels and the Bialis and um, that's from a Hebrew word that's uh, again limited research I did it has the same source as a German word and others so it's it's debatable at best again if we invented it we're very proud of it but I'd like to be seeing the royalties from it and I don't know if anybody is uh, collecting on the patent and it's certainly in America New York became a very Jewish ethnic food but again that doesn't carry with it any halachic uh, shkafic uh, import okay uh, let's go to page one of your new copy. As you see, there's a large handout. This is the next subsection of our fascinating blend of the halachic and hashkafic Kabbalah Indian of Tim Tamanefesh, which is, for a sugya, what we try to do over the last uh, 12 years. And I say there is to take the sugyas that are somewhat famous but not really understood. This is one of them. This next, this... This handout is all about Ruach Tuma on your hands and the Tilos Adayim. There's a lot to say in it, very practical, Nagay every single morning. And not only will we learn a lot of Mitzvah Shem, Halacha, but you'll see some of the background of what's going on in Yanni Kabbalah. 
And after that, this will take us a few weeks after that, I'm going to go back to give out the myomarkanism, what we spoke about in terms of the medicine, the vitamins, steric acid, and all the other things. Also very nagea, and tintamanefesh, when would we make all, what type of level of chayli, so that will be the next uh, subtopic. And after that, I'd like to cover soap, which will round out our eating, our negavasa, our shower, which you should not be doing before davening anyway, if you can avoid it, and um, a few other uh, subtopics in between. So that's the coming attractions in the sugya. Let's see page one. It starts off with a very uh, esoteric, but it's a gemara. We don't have to bring any zayas yet, although we will have some. It's a gemara and Shabbos, and the gemara and Shabbos talks about these three lines are difficult to touch. Obviously, we're going to start with Rashi, and we see as we go along. Kuftas and Aleph in Shabbos. And again, if you're listening and you don't know the Marmar Kermis, we're going to send out another email. Uh, please email me or the webmaster, and we will send it to you. Yad Legigis Tikatzes. A gigis is a vat of Shechar. Shechar is beer. Yad Legigis Tikatzes. If you touch the... Well, Shaliz, what are you touching? Sounds like if you touch by the opening of the vat and you touch some of the beer, not the outside, that's a very strong lushen. Tikatzitz means you cut off the hand that touches the beer, which means there's something dangerous here or something's going to ruin the beer. So it's baltashchis, but that's not usually a reason for a gemara to use a lotion of tikatzit. Guys, baltashchis would not chop off his hands or threaten to do so. It's not literal. It means he should be more careful. Rashi says, "Tap Rashi legigish shematilim b'sheichar tikatzit deloy siga kaidem tilas shachos." Should not touch the beer that's being made in your home, apparently, or. If you go to the factory, you know, Ash Nagavasa. A lot of this sugi is going to be what do we do with the thousands and thousands of people who are not yet from, who are not Makbid, especially in Israel, and they have them working in factories and food establishments. A big problem, a big issue, and we're going to see what the possible solutions are. But uh, here, they probably brewed it at home. Tikatzet Rashi says, La Siga Shachris, you have to wash Nagavasa first. It's, I'm preaching to the converted over here, but there are some people walking around, they're so unfamiliar with this sugi, they think Negavasa is some sort of yeshiva shechasid shemaisa. It's brought down a shulchan it's a gemara or two, and it's muskim from all the places. And attached to the sugi is also a lot of kabbalah and danger issues, but that doesn't make it a chumrah, and it's a very serious subject, as you will see from the next 20 marmachemists. Okay, you're probably wondering by now, we read three words, four words. What's the yichus of beer? And if you have a barrel of wine, what's, what's with the beer? Is there something special about beer? So just raising the question now, we'll get to it eventually. Yad Mesame, continuing the Gemara, Yad Machreshes, Yad Ma'la Felifus, which means that you should not be touching, you should be very mocked and careful not to touch any opening in the body, any orifice, O-R, any opening in the body, it's dangerous. And so dangerous, Yad Mesame, take a look at Rashi, Yad La'ayin, Chas touches the eye, Mesame Kaidim Natila. There's a real potent Ruach Ra on your hands, and you've got to get them off the right way 
with Negavasa, doing it the right way and following through and make sure it's always done. Uh, we'll talk about whether the Ruach Ra is around today in its full potent force. The Apashis is, as we learned the Sugi, yes, but now we'll discuss whether there's any weakness in it, but right now I'm mentioning that so nobody yells out they heard uh, that there's a Messiah that we don't have it anymore. That's misquoted. We have it. It's just uh, possibly a little weaker, but it doesn't help the Sugi. I've got to watch Nagavasa, and it's dangerous. So we're going to get to kids, we're going to get to workers, we're going to get to, that's why they ended up, before I turned around, this is one small topic and I didn't even, we never exhaust anything, this is 20 Marmukhemis. With, with every possible Shaila, we're even going to end up with a guy who wants to smoke in bed. I don't know why he wants to smoke at all, but we're going to talk about a guy who wants to smoke in bed, he's relaxing, he doesn't want to nash Negevas yet, he's not getting up yet. These are real people, real questions, but... We have to first get the parameters. That's the first uh, ten marmachemis. Rashi continues, Yad la'oizen again, opening of the body. Machreshes, dangerous for hearing. Yad lepe alochaitem malo falifus reach achaitem vape. Listerine won't help for that. So make sure you don't. And I, I think we are machanach children like this. They're very careful in the morning. Uh, certainly by, if you're more Hamish, by the Chassidim, they don't have their feet touched the floor. They're in Yanamapi Kabbalah for that, and they wash for it. There are people who go Dalamis. There are people who use Dalamis very liberally, like Chazni's Shear Plus. There are those who walk to the bathroom its way out of Dalamis. They hold to dinner in the house. This is a cool of a cool of a cool I'm a big proponent uh, again, it's not to do with Chassidim versus Lit, but I'm a big proponent uh, because the place can be very, very uh, big on this, uh, to have Negevaser by your bed uh, in a cup and a bowl. The whole thing will cost you retail $16, and most of the houses here, certainly Wesley Hills, have running water. No? I sometimes don't because my sprinklers are going, but that's a general problem in my system. But <laughs> I can't get any water out. But, like, what's the problem? For centuries and centuries, they didn't have any water. You had to walk down the hill to the thing, and, that, 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 and they did it. And all of a sudden, now, we have everything as well. Life's never been easier, and the gosh, me a stick of sense. And now we're making, we're walking all over creation. It's a funny cooler. The Dalar Amis is a cooler, and the, the, the walking to the next thing and saying the whole house is a thing is a cooler. Why? What for? So if it's a Shalom bias issue, and... The people complained to me they used to do it and then after the kids stepped in it then the kids spilled it the third time, the fourth time and it was all over the place and there was a mobble every time uh, it became a Shalom Bias issue. Okay, I'm very maker when it comes to Shalom Bias issues then you can, if you have a master bedroom or the bathroom, not everybody has that but if you have it, uh, try to take the bed closer to the bathroom and get it done quickly. No, it's a function not only of, of distance it's a function of getting it off your hands as soon as you can you don't want to be touching anything beforehand. Yeah? Not if it's further. No. But again, first thing is, have it by your bed. And there's no reason, Bacham in Yeshiva? There's no reason why, if a Bacham in Yeshiva tells me it's a Shalom Bayez problem, what is he talking about? A roommate? Tells me it will be a Shalom Bayez problem? Hashem Asid? He's already making it. Well, what's the problem? Why would you want up. it? What? It wakes people up. It wakes people up. Most Bacham are getting up the same time when the Vekker who comes, one of the interesting things that came up in the summer Chazarish year, by the way. You probably heard this if you... Uh, I mentioned that uh, the place can give an application. Ramesha says it's the tshuva about the church bells. They used to bring everybody to prayer and 
get everybody together, and we dafka don't use bells because of uh, the fact that they came away to gather people for their prayer service. And I said, that's why in Yeshiva, there's a time-honored minig, and in Frislichus at the pre-dawn hours in Yushalayim, there's a vecca that went around, and he used to knock out all the windows with a stick, or in Yeshiva's other wall. And I said, what kind of archaic way of doing that? Why don't you just ring a bell and wake everybody up? But he had to go room to room. The answer is, you don't want to use bells. So as I was saying, that a guy raised his hand, and uh, I saw his hand was raised. I think he came over to me after the shear. He said, uh, I learned in Gateshead and we used the bell. Mamakum, Gateshead. Gateshead is a very fine yeshiva, a very old yeshiva. No? You don't remember the bell. Okay, it's Machlekes. Well, I just realized you're a good Mamakum for that. So I had two people tell me that. One at the shear, another guy sent me an email. So Ramesha was just trying to give an application. Remember, we had a problem with that Rambam. We didn't know what, the, what it meant. The Rambam says you can't make things like they do in their services. Uh, Ramesha said it was how you gathered people to the service. But, so, and Gates said, at certain Tukufa, when you weren't learning there, um, we were, uh, there's somebody in the Kailul, I think, who learned in Gates said, you have to talk to ask him. Uh, you let me know which years you were there, and I'll try to uh, compare. Or maybe you were up so long before Shacharis, you were never there when the Vekka came around. That's probably what happened. Uh, so, uh, so you say it wakes people up. Most people get up when it's time for chakras, not before, and they should be waking people up. At that point, if everybody's getting up together, they should be making a big splash. Unless somebody's not feeling well, but uh, in which case they shouldn't. You're saying filling it up the night before? I've learned from many, many years in the dorm, and everybody here could probably attest to this, that if you don't learn how to sleep through World War II and III, you're not going to get any sleep. That's what I've uh, learned, and the light sleepers don't do very well. Uh, because you could try to get four guys in a room to go to sleep at the same time, wake up at the same time. Good luck. It's not very potent. But again, if, it, if it's a bit of a chaver issue and, you, and you're stepping on his negabas or whatever, but these are all side things. First, you've got to put on a pedestal that uh, it should be by your bed, all things being equal. And when you get finished with the next 20 mama cameras, you're going to have it by your bed. You're not going to want to start up and touch anything uh, or take any risk uh, to, uh, to do this. Yes? So my and, son... And the water that I already washed in, which I assume is now Tame, was dripping all over the floor and kids were stepping on it. And I was like, oh my goodness, now it's the time the kids and it's the time of this and the time of that. So, so that's a nice time. Okay, so let soap. me address one by one. I said, you, this is going to be a very practical discussion besides all the Yanama Picabola. Um, they're not having enough room for your hands. Uh, my son registered that complaint a couple of months ago, Aryeh. Now Aryeh probably has large basketball hands by now because he grew four feet over the summer, if you noticed. Uh, so he's uh, taller than I am, I think, uh, which is not short. And I said, uh, whatever you want to solve the problem, the bill's on me. Buy yourself another Negelwasser plastic cup, like a big knocker, so it'll cost me another $6. So I got him a bigger bowl, and he has two of them. So isn't that, that's a very easy solution. And he's happy now. He wants to do it liberally up to here. Yom Kippur, we go up to here. Make her a din, that means he gets off the rough world. Otherwise, he wouldn't be taking a risk like that in Yom Kippur. So this is the Iker Adin. But he wants to do up to here with all the derm. As you do, get yourself two cups. The rest of it, about spilling on the floor, you look pretty geschicked. I mean, you worked the video here. I hope you are. And if you're spilling all over the floor every time, I would suggest get a bigger bowl. It's going to cost you another $8. And then you're good to go. A gigantic drops. bowl. It drops. It drops. They soak it to the carpet. They dry into the atmosphere. Then you're going to say you're polluting the whole atmosphere. Um, it doesn't go that far. If it, water evaporates... The minute is, we spill it out right away. That's part of the Yanam Bittagabal. You should spill it out in the sink carefully and slowly. It should land in the sink, not all over the bathroom of the towels. But Lu Yitzur, you didn't, and you left for the day. 
and some of it evaporated into the atmosphere, you can go home. If it didn't evaporate, now the kids are wiping their faces. And, yeah. <laughs> if they're washing their faces, in a problem. I don't think we have to make that zero. That's the point. I'm saying is that you're not the first person to tell me it's not enough room, it's not enough space. We're living in Muncie now. We have uh, houses are a couple thousand square feet in Poland, where I grew up in uh, Leginsk, wherever they go. Uh, we had a hovel that was six feet by seven feet. Okay, Baruch Hashem. This is, space is not the problem. Plastic's not the problem. I think it's a funny cool all of a sudden to rely on. I'm not it, saying you're an apicarius if you're relying on it, but it's just a funny thing to pick. With all, when you learn about the depth of the dangers of all things like that, why would you want to start up with something like this? They also somehow knew how to wash with just their reviews. Yes, you look at Hilsius died by washing for bread. They have all sorts of dinner. Water was not been in. So remember, we had the issue with the statues by the water, with the pennies tossing them in. If you found clean water, you were so ecstatic, you started paying off the gods and not from people. Uh, you started making statues. Water was hard to find, and uh, they didn't waste it. And if you lived in parts of Russia, by the way, so they, they didn't have water. They, uh, I remember in Go My Son, which you were in the middle of writing, it was, Go My Son is probably one of the best, best historical uh, Holocaust novels ever read. I read it when I was a little boy, and it was Gears and Yankas. I remember most of the details, half of a fella, a few hundred pages, and I know the Yid who it was written about. I met him a number of times. Um, he lived in Baltimore, and um, I remember one of the kufas he had, we were traveling somewhere in Russia where it was almost like desert conditions, they didn't have any water, maybe you know where the area was. Middle Asia, probably. Yeah, he said he, he, said he went to, he said he was a European. He came, and he was looking for water when he came. He was staying by somebody, he was a refugee, and he went over, and there's a little thing of water. He said, oh, that's funny. He put it in a golden thing, like it was in a, like a hush of a clay. And he started taking water on his face. The lady came in and screamed, almost fainted. He thought he killed somebody. And they explained to him, no, no, we use the amount you just used in about a year. We take a little drop, go like this, and we haven't taken a bath in 70 years. He, I remember he told over, he met the great-great-grandmother who was in her 90s. She never took a bath ever in her life. Who took a bath? They never had one. So we don't have that problem today. There were, there were French people who had that problem in the time of these take French baths, perfumes. But we don't have these problems. They didn't have water. So now we have water, we have plastic, we have large houses. So I'm just putting in the pitch, but uh, I think you'll get the message as we go along, but that's not the main point here. Let's go back. Ma'ala um, Felifus again, third line of Rashi. And then Rashi goes into a second shot, which I'm not going to focus on now. He talks about, it goes together with Yad La'ama, Gemara Nida. Let's go to the next Dibar um, Maschol, but I have to read one more line of Gemara first before we do that. Take a look at the second line of the Gemara. Tanya Rav Nosan Aymer. For a Gemara, this is an absolutely fascinating line. This said to read like a Zayar Kaddish. Tanya Amnasan Aymer Baschirinhi. She's a free agent. Who's a free agent? What free agent? Who are we talking about? Baschirinhi. Who are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, Mrs. Ruach Ruach. Yeah. Ms. <laughs> We're talking about, we're talking about, we're describing, we have a Gemara, we're describing the Ruach Ra, and it's giving you very clear instructions over here. It says, don't tell that Ruach Ra what to do. You can wash your hands from here to next year. If you don't do this the exact way that we have a Messiah for, to get off the Ruach Ra, you're dealing with a toxic situation, and you're not Yetzi, and it's still dangerous. I told you to read like Isaiah. So, Tanya Amnasan Aimer Baschirin Hizu Machpedes, very finicky this Ruach Ra, Ache Yechutz Yadav Gimel Pamim. You have to wash three times 
and you have to do zuach azu, one, two, three, four, five, six, according to the guy, we'll see later, seven, eight, to get off the ruach tumah. Minig is not celebrated, so you want to be machmer for that. Once you have your two cups, you have plenty of extra water, you get machmer for the guy. And it doesn't go off any other way. Rashi says, straight across, Baschairin, a ruach ashori adayim lefnei natila, makpedes benetilasa lenait layafa ad, shiishpach mayim yafa gimel pamin al yadav. And if you don't do it the way it's supposed to be done, it doesn't work. Keep that in mind. Uh, I will remind you of it when we get to, to the tail end because when they start talking about coolers for all the people don't wash their hands and touch all your fruits, um, they mention, well, maybe they wash their hands under the faucet and this and that comes out. Well, how's that going to help if you need one, two, three, four, five, six? We'll have to discuss why that's even a possible cooler. Let's go on to page two. And you have now a Gemara Numa. Again, not a Medjus Plea, not a Zayar, not an Arizal, a Gemara. The reason I point that out is because had it been any of the above, we would take it seriously, but if it's a Gemara, we're bound, al pidin to use it and uh, work with it and know what the Gemara is trying to tell you. Take a look at the Gemara, the second wide line. We're talking about Hilchas Yom Kippurim. You can't wash your hands on Yom Kippur's thumb. And here the Gemara says, one of the coolers, Madicha Isha Yoda Achas Bamayim Venasenes Pas Litinuk. If she has to feed a kid and she has to touch the food, remember, the first Gemara tells us that you can't touch any opening in the body, it's dangerous. Ears, eyes, nose. And you can't touch food because it's the time of the food. And here you have a Tinuk who not only can eat on Yom Kippur, but should be eating on Yom Kippur. And the mother is feeding the kid. Very commonplace scenario. So, what does she do? I find it fascinating. It sounds like the Gemara is dealing with, what does she do? She has to feed the kid. What dia can you make from there? I find it interesting. It sounds like she didn't wash Negevasser in the morning because she had to wash Negevasser. We're more makele than that. And Taisa is going to discuss this soon. We wash Negevasser in the morning and Kippur. We don't wash the full amount of to here. We wash the bare minimum. Here, we're talking about a case of a lady who didn't wash Negevasser, but now she has to feed her kids. The Gemara says, well, before you touch food, you better wash Negevasser. So, you could say that it's talking about where she didn't get around to it yet, and she was barely awake, the kid was crying for food, and she was going to get a little bread and give some food. And the Gemara's warning her, make sure you wash at least the hand that's feeding the kid that's handing the bread. So, again, Madichi Yishiyada Achat Vamayim. There's no problem of washing on Yom Kippur. Rashi, go down to the bracket, two-thirds of the way down. This is really getting personal because the Gemara just told us that uh, whoever this Shida is, whatever the shady character, she's very mocked to do it the right way or else she doesn't leave. So now Rashi tells you the name of this particular spirit, and if it touches the bread, it's going to go from the hand to the bread, and that's not going to be good. And by the way, when it goes from the hand to the bread, it doesn't go off the hand, it just goes to the bread also. It doesn't, doesn't pot to you from washing, and it's dangerous, so therefore she has to wash at least the hand that's feeding him. Why Rashi told you the name of this particular one, we'll possibly find out soon. Next line, the Gemara. Gemara tells us a very startling story. After what the Gemara unveils is a very pasha din l'chayr, that you got to wash your hand before you touch food because it's dangerous. Amar lov al shameh hazaken. 
Now back in the Gemara, Amar lo shamei azaken shlovatz laachel biyada achas. Shamei azaken did not want azaken did not want to wash his hand. Rashi shlovatz laachel biyada achas afilu yada achas. He was machmer. He didn't even want to wash one hand. It's clear from the last line of the Gemara that if she had to feed the kids with two hands, she can wash two hands. And she only needs to wash one. She wash one. And the Gemara says Shami Azakin didn't even want to wash one. Rashi says Afili Yada Achas Loya Naito Lasses Pas Libenoi Cotton. So Rashi already says he had a small child, and he didn't even want to wash one hand to feed him Biyamakipurim. Now, so does that mean he didn't want to wash one hand? Just left the bread where it was and told the kid to take it. That's one possibility. Or he held it wasn't a good heter. Why not? So that's what we're going to get to. It's a very, very mysterious for a gemara. What happened before we go to Tesis to see how he learns it? Let's just finish up the line of the gemara. His It's not the first time the gemara has such a lashon. Shame Azakin was the gadol there. Shame and Hill. The Gazer love his chaverim, hello others, doesn't say what it was, forced him, so to speak, they outruled him, overruled him. Gazer love lahachel b'shteyadayim, tafke laitzi, to show there's nothing wrong, wash both hands, anyab kipper, feed the kid. My time, I'm rabbi, mishum shivsa. So here the Gemara tells the name, which the Rashi gets it from, the Shaili is, is this the one we were talking about in the previous Gemara? Take a look at Tesis, just we'll begin the Kasha Tesis, we started two minutes late. Mishum Shivsa, Pirish Rashi. Top Tesis, which is the bottom Tesis also. Pirish Rashi. Ruach Ra Shara Yadayim Shalom Natlan Shachars. Rabbi Atama Farish, the Balan is seen as Pas Latina, Mutalito, Yodav Shachars, Beyond the Gipurn. Ben Atama says there's something wrong over here. Why would there be a Gemara to tell you you have to wash your hands before you feed the kid? Don't touch the bread. You should wash your hands, you get up in the morning because you might touch yourself. You have to wash your hands in the morning because you got to wash your hands in the morning for other Allah reasons. Why do we wash our hands in the morning? We make a bracha not because of the Ruach Tum. We make the bracha because it's like a kain and the Aveda and it's a Biriya Chadasha. We'll get to that whole Machlaikis. But you'll have to wash your hands in Shachras in the morning. So this has nothing to do with washing your hands now for the child, Luchaira. Muto lito yodoshad yamikaran. Dilogara milachluchis betit vitsayat armin sharechis gadakamena chesh. What's the difference? You get your hands muddy, dirty. Can you wash them in Kippur? Of course you can. You can't wash for tiny. You can wash for lichluch. So spiritual dirt is just as bad. In this case, maybe more detrimental. So of course you can wash your hands in the morning when you get up. This is more dangerous. You're careful not to touch yourself. Interesting. Yishom Bas Melech. Bas Melech is the name of that character, that spirit over there. And here it shifts us. So Tais wants to know, what's going on with the food? You should have washed Negobasa before. I don't need a heter for the food if you can wash Negobasa right away. And why is this called Shifsen over there called Bas Melech? I'll leave you. I hope you don't have any nightmares. I'll leave you with that till tomorrow. And Mitzvah Shem will pick it up.